Hi guys, welcome back to the Balanced and Empowered Fitness Podcast. This is Courtney here. I am back at it after being away for several weeks after having baby boy. Um, So really, I want to hop on here today. So it's just me today, and I wanted to do an episode recording just kind of my birth story. I know that I, if you follow me on social media, um, I had kind of written this out and posted it on my story, just kind of a little bit of how it went in a condensed form, um, because it is a lot. So if you've been following along throughout kind of my journey throughout my pregnancy, you know that um, my goal was to have a home birth. I had a midwife, I had a doula, I had all the things um, set up to do a home birth labor and delivery. Um, And if you have been following me, you have seen that things did not go um, 100% as planned when it came to my home birth and my delivery. So I wanted to take this opportunity to record an episode on this, kind of going more in depth on what that looked like, what my experience was like. I know for me personally, I loved hearing other people's birth stories um, and just kind of how it went for them, what they experienced. And so I kind of wanted to do my own um, and just the process mentally, physically that I had to go through for um, my labor and delivery. Everybody's journey is so different here. And so, um, you know, obviously I had a plan and I had a goal, but things do not always go as planned. So we kind of have to learn to pivot and adjust and, you know, do whatever we need to do in order to, you know, reach that final goal or to reach the things that we want to get accomplished. And obviously delivering my baby and keeping me healthy and him healthy was my number one priority. So kind of just to dive in here, I'm not going to make this episode too long. Um, If I need to do a separate one, I will do that as well um, about maybe just postpartum and, and what that's looked like for me so far. So we are going into four weeks postpartum so far currently Um, this weekend, going into this weekend baby Asher will be a month old already. So it's so crazy. Time has been so fast, but so slow at the same time um, with all these adjustments and things that, you know, we're going through and, and, you know, just the, the different life that we're living now with a newborn. Um, But kind of just to dive into my birth story and how that went. So if you've been following me, you know that my goal was to have a water birth at home. Um, and so kind of just to recap where this all started was my due date was on Tuesday, uh, January 31st. And so January 31st, I started having early labor. And so early labor basically consisted of having contractions but not having consistent contractions and they weren't super strong yet. So we were at those like early stages of having contractions kind of here or there, like, oh, I could kind of start to feel them, but they weren't super strong yet. And so that was Tuesday evening on my due date. And from Tuesday evening until Thursday night at about 1130 p.m., I had contractions and they were getting stronger and they were getting closer together over the course of those couple days, but they weren't to a very consistent spot yet to where 
were like, hey, I'm in active labor. I need to call my midwife until Thursday night is when I called my midwife and said, hey, like, I think this is what's going on. And then she came out and checked me on Thursday night around 1130 midnight. So up until that point, I was just kind of laboring at home, kind of trying to just make it throughout the days, um, make it throughout these contractions, even though they weren't super strong yet. I was having um, back labor. And so, you know, some people, some women experience back labor. Some women do not experience back labor. I had back labor. I don't have anything to compare it to um, in terms of what a normal labor without back pain labor (laughs) um, feels like. But it was a very, very hard thing to go through very painful thing, like the contractions. Okay. Like I could go through those. I could breathe through those. Um, and yes, they were getting stronger. They were getting harder, but it was really the back labor that I personally felt was the hardest part of all of it because it just was such an excruciating pain in my lower back. Um, like I don't even know how to explain it, but it was definitely something that I feel made this whole process so much harder on me mentally. Um, But again, we can't control these things. Um, It could have been the way that, you know, Asher was positioned in my pelvis. Like it it could have been anything. So we really don't know. Um, But again, some women experience this, some women don't. So everybody's labor is so different in that aspect. And for me, it was a very, very challenging time. Um, But I know that I can do hard things. I know that this was like a goal of mine to deliver at home and to get through this labor. And so I just push through, push through, push through. But ultimately it does come down to like time, just like you, you have no essence of time when you're in labor. Like it's just a, you kind of are in your own world and just trying to get through every breath, every contraction. It's, it's wild. (laughs) Um, And so I'm sure if you're listening to this and you've had um, a baby and you've been in labor, you know what I'm talking about, where you don't even know what day it is. You don't know what time it is anymore. Um, You're just kind of in your own world trying to make it through. So with that being said, um, Tuesday evening to Thursday night, that's what I was experiencing. Um, I was just at home kind of pushing through. Um, we were monitoring my track contractions when they were getting closer together. So I started using an app, um, on my phone, which I believe it's called contraction timer. Um, you can find it just on like your Apple, um, just on your Apple, uh, like uh, apps <laughs> is what the word I'm looking for apps. Um, and so you can download it on there. And it was just, it was allowing me to just time my contractions and also to, I could share it with my midwife and with my doula so they could see what kind of was going on. So it's basically like a live link that you can share with them and they can see your contractions as they're happening. Um, so with that being said, I was miserable. I was in a lot of pain by Thursday night. I was like, I can't do this. I don't know how much longer I can do this because I was also going on barely any sleep for like two, three days at this point. Um, And I was just in a lot of pain. And so I ended up calling my midwife on Thursday night and I said, hey, I really am like, I don't know how I can do this. I was like bawling my eyes out. I was crying to her. 
And she's like, okay, I'm going to come out. I'm going to check you. I'm going to see what's going on. I'm going to see, you know, where we're at. Um, so she came Thursday night and she checked me. I was six centimeters dilated at this point. So I was progressing. Like I had progressed pretty good right in the course of those like two to three days. So I was six centimeters. My contractions were like really close together at this point, And they were like a lot more painful at this point as well. So I was considered an active labor. And so being an active labor, that's when my doulas come out to the house. That's when my midwives come out to the house and her, um, her whole birth team come to the house and kind of set everything up, get everyone to the house ready to labor. And so once my midwife checked me, she said, okay, like we're probably going to have a baby with, you know, this time before this time tomorrow, like within, you know, maybe Friday evening, right? or Friday afternoon. I was like, okay, great. Like that is just kind of what I needed to hear at that point of like, I can do this. I can continue to push on. Like we're so close. Like I've made it this far. Um, and so at that point, I basically just labored at home. Like I, um, you know, my birth team was here. My doula was here. My husband was here. And that was the only people that were here. Um, uh, the plan was to get rid of our dog, Ollie, not get rid of him, but to send him off to my parents' house when I went into labor. But things just kind of escalated quickly. And it was midnight at this point when things started to go the way that they were and me being in pain. So we really didn't have the opportunity to like call my parents, tell them to come because it was late. So Ollie ended up being, my dog Ollie ended up being at our house the entire time I was in labor. <laughs> um, and so I was very surprised that he did very well because we actually had to put him in our bedroom for those whole 24 hours, um, besides my husband going in there and checking on him and taking him out and feeding him and things like that. Um, there was a lot of people in my house and he didn't make barely a sound. And so I think he just knew that something was going on and something was happening there that he needed to be good for me. <laughs> so luckily, you know, that turned out, okay. He did good there. Um, but again, when it came to having a lot of people in the house, typically he's very like anxious and like wants to talk and like meet to everybody and like you not talk, but like meet everybody, play with them, things like that. So I was very surprised he was not like barking at the door to get out. And so um, thankfully that went okay, him being here the whole time, which again, wasn't the plan. Um, so to recap, my whole birth team was here by this point at you know, Friday morning at like midnight, 1am. Um, and basically I just labored for at home for 24 hours. Um, another 24 hours, right? Like I was already starting early labor on Tuesday night. And then by Friday, early in the morning, like 1am, I'm still laboring, um, at home. And so throughout the process of laboring at home, I was basically just like moving, laying, like my doula and my husband applying counter counter pressure, them helping me get through my contractions. Um, basically just like what you hear about with labor of like, okay, breathing through every contraction, trying to rest between every um, contraction, and then also trying to stay hydrated, trying to get in any food. Because if you don't know, labor is one of the most calorie burning intensive things that you could ever do. Um, so you're burning a lot of energy. And so being at home, 
my goal was to try to stay hydrated as much as possible and to eat anything that I possibly could. And again, eating was not my priority. Um, it was very hard just to get anything in. Literally, my doula and my husband were just like spoon feeding me food and like putting pieces of banana in my mouth at this point while I was in labor between every contraction um, because I needed food and I needed hydration if I was going to continue to make it through this part naturally with no medication or anything like that. Um, and so I needed the energy. So that was the goal. That's what you're we trying to do there. So basically I did that for, let's say 12, so 12 hours, I was getting checked maybe about every three to four to five hours, um, which again, I don't have any recollection of time and what that looked like during my labor, um, but I just know that they came and checked me every so often. Um, and basically when they came to check me and to see kind of where I was at in terms of dilation and effacement um, and like where the baby and like where Asher was like positioned and things like that. Um, it was not a pleasant experience when, because they would check me, um, during a contraction, um, because they wanted to see how he was moving, I believe, and how my cervix was dilating when I was having that contraction. So it was not pleasant. Um, so I did labor by the time they got here, I labored for about 12 hours. Um, and then about every, like, again, four to five hours, they would check me and things just weren't really progressing as quickly as we had hoped. Um, but I did reach about eight centimeters um, dilated and I was basically almost fully effaced at this point, I believe. Um, and so 12 hours, let's say that was at like 1 p.m. on Friday, I guess, um, around that time, maybe. Um, so I was about eight centimeters dilated. And so you know, at this point I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Um, like I was just so mentally, physically, like all the things, like I like to believe I'm a very, very strong person. Um, but I was kind of like, just so done at this point. Like I was just in so much pain. Um, again, that back labor was just something that I can't even explain how terrible it was. Um, and just being in labor that long too is like, it's just, it's just a lot. Um, but again, this is just my, my journey here, my story here. But with that being said, um, at about that 12 hour mark, 12 hour mark. So it was like Friday around 1 PM. Um, my, they like check me again. They're like, okay, we're at eight centimeters. I was like, I don't know if I can continue to do this. And, you know, my birth team, my doulas, like my husband, everybody was so amazing and so supportive, like throughout this whole thing, like there's no way that I could have done this without them, especially my doulas. Um, so if you're pregnant or if you're looking to have like support, I used Gentle Seeds Doula, which is located um, around like the Loveland, Ohio area or um, more so like Cincinnati kind of Ohio area. Um, and I live in Kentucky, so they do drive a certain amount of distance. I'm not exactly sure on the distance, but if you were looking for a doula, highly, highly, highly recommend them. So I'm going to give them a shout out because I don't think like there's no way that I would have been able to do all of this without them. Um, and also just the support they gave my husband, like throughout the process as well. 
was super vital. And I'm glad that he had that because it's just one of those things where you don't really know what to do or how to comfort or how to support um, your significant other when they're going through something so hard like that. Um, and this is probably the first time that my husband has ever seen me in pain. <laughs> um, and like literally just crying and in like emotional, physical pain, but so it was really great to have my doula. So I used gentle seeds, doula, um, Lisa and Bailey were my two doulas. Um, so highly recommend them again, giving them a shout out. So if you're interested in those, you can look those up, look them up online. Um, but with that being said, though, um, they were like, yeah, you can do this. You got this. You're so close. Um, and so at that point, I was like, okay, like I have to do it. I'm so close. Like I'm so close to 10 centimeters. But again, if you know you've been in labor, that doesn't mean anything <laughs> if you're eight centimeters, how quickly you're going to get to 10. So with that being said, it was another 12 hours after those initial 12 hours um, around like, again, that 1 p.m. or maybe like the noon time on Friday. Um, I labored for another 12 hours after that. And those contractions were the worst, like getting stronger, harder, closer together. Like I just wasn't really getting any breaks at this point excuse me, but also when I was getting checked every couple hours during this process, I was not progressing. And so that is what made it so extremely hard mentally because I was going through so much physical pain that it felt like it was for nothing because I wasn't progressing and I like wasn't getting closer and so that really sucked. <laughs> and, you know, so at this point, like we're trying all the things we're repositioning, like we're trying the birth tub, we're trying the toilet, like just throughout this whole process, like we tried so many different things, hands and knees, like up on my, uh, up on my arms, like, you know, my feet elevated, like there was just all the things that we were trying, we were like repositioning. And I was just so exhausted <laughs> at this point. Um, and so by the time I was like, we had hit that 24 hour mark. So nothing really too crazy happened within that 24 hours besides, you know, I was laboring, I was doing all the things I was in a lot of pain, like I wasn't progressing. Um, and then when I got my last check, which was before we like called it and I was like, okay, I'm done. Like we got to go to the hospital. Um, and my midwives were also like, okay, like we agree, like we should, we should go now as well. Um, at my last check, what kind of pushed us all to be like, okay, like let's do this is because my water had broke. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I have Asher sitting here with me as well. Um, my water had broke, broke between, oh, 
my water had broke anywhere between 1 a.m. and like 4 a.m. at this point. We believe we aren't exactly sure when it broke um, just because there was um, like me getting in and out of water. And so we're not exactly sure when my water broke, but it was between um, it was between those time frames. he's kind of waking himself up from his nap. Um, but so that's when my water broke. And so at the last check that I got, which was around 1130 PM around midnight on Friday night is when, um, is when they had checked my cervix again. They had checked to see like how far dilated I was and they had checked to see, um, you know, what things were looking like. And at that point, when they checked me, there was meconium present. So for one, my water had broken already a little while ago. And then Asher had also pooped inside of me, which if you know, is not good because I can get in his lungs. Like, you know, there can just be like infection happening, all the things. So we called it um, at that point, my midwife kind of came in and said, okay, like if we need to go to the hospital, like we can go, this is your choice. She's like, if we need to get an epidural, whatever we need to do at this point, it's up to you. And like, we want you to do what you want to do, but we would kind of recommend, you know, going at this point. And so at that point, it took me like point like zero seconds to be like, okay, let's go. Like I'm done <laughs> because I was so done at this point. <clears throat> So what happens at that point is I lay there on the bed. They cover me up. I'm still going through the contractions. <clears throat> My husband loads up um, our bags. So like, yes, we packed like hospital bags just in case of an emergency. And of course, like we needed them. So glad we did pack them. Didn't have to worry about that. So we packed, um, my husband put load up everything in the car. The midwives did what they needed to do. Um, and then our actual, like her birthing team kind of stayed back and stayed at our house and cleaned everything up. Like it basically looked like they weren't even here. So we were super appreciative of that and them staying behind and cleaning up our house while we were going to the hospital. And obviously we were there for a little bit as well. So it was nice to come home when we did come home to a clean, fresh house. Um, and so that was super nice. But with the, um, you know, the midwives, they did what they needed to do. They called ahead of time, which two, so my main midwife and then another kind of student midwife that she had, um, they called ahead, got me, said like, we're coming to the hospital. Um, and so my husband loaded me up. We loaded everything up. Um, again, we still had Ollie in the house. So he was just in our bedroom um, at this point. And then my husband kind of figured out what they were going to do with him. Um, and, and so I believe my parents came over around like 2 a.m. and picked up our dog for us. <laughs> um, but anyways, we get to the hospital. We have a room ready already. They take me straight back to the room. Um, and the first thing that we do is like an epidural. And, you know, I, again, was like, I want to go the natural route. I want to do everything naturally. But again, things don't go as planned. And sometimes like you get to a point like your breaking point of like, I don't care anymore. Like, I just want to do what I need to do in order to just make it and, and like make everything okay and like make me feel okay and make my baby okay 
and just go through that process. So I got an epidural. Again, nothing wrong with epidural or any route that you want to go. This is just something that I didn't want to do. Like I wanted to do it naturally, but again, things just don't go as planned. So we got an epidural and literally when I tell you this, that was the best decision I had ever made in my entire life at that moment because I was able to go to sleep um, through labor. Like I was so exhausted, even with feeling contractions still, my back labor was gone. And so I could sleep and it was like the best sleep of my life, even though like I was still in labor and like they were coming in to check me and like turn me every 30 minutes when I was in the hospital. (laughs) It was so great because I could finally just like let my body relax. And it had been so stressed for days with no sleep, right? And so the epidural was amazing. (laughs) Um, You know, there's side effects to epidural with anything like medicine, things like that. But um, it was just one of those things where it was amazing at that point. Like I just, I can't even emphasize like how good it felt to get that um, at that point where I was at in my labor. But we got an epidural. Um, I was still about like eight, I think, centimeters dilated at that point. They were like, okay, we want to give you Pitocin to try to progress this along faster um, and get this baby out of you. I was like, okay, like, let's do it. Let's do what we got to do. So they gave me Pitocin, which was like a smaller dose because they wanted to see how he handled it. Um, And so they gave me that. He seemed to be handling it fine. Um, at this point, by the time we got to the hospital back in a room, it was probably like 1, 1 1.30 a.m. maybe, or between like 1 and 2 a.m. on Saturday morning. So, um, I get the epidural and, um, you know, they come in and check me and then they're like, okay, we're, you know, we're not ready to push yet. We need to give you some Pitocin to progress this along. So they gave me Pitocin. My contractions got stronger. They came into the room every 30 minutes to reposition me to help Asher kind of move down into my pelvis more. Um, and so, so they came back, they gave me a stronger dose of Pitocin because he was handling it well. And then that's when things started to progress pretty quickly. I feel like once they gave me that higher dose, like Again, I have no recollection of time when I was in the hospital, but I just know that things felt like they progressed a lot faster. And like, I got to the point where I was sleeping and then I woke up and I was like, okay, I have like a really strong urge to push. Um, And so they came in, checked me, the doctor checked me and said, okay, we're 10 centimeters dilated. Like we can start pushing now. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Like, I'm so freaking happy to hear those words. Um, and I was just so ready. (laughs) So at this point I was like, okay, let's go. I got some rest. Like I'm hydrated. Like they, you know, I had a IV in me, like I'm feeling good. (laughs) Um, I'm no longer in pain. Like I'm ready to push. I'm ready to get him out. So then we get to the point where I'm like pushing, pushing, pushing. I'm like, okay, how am I doing? Like, am I doing good? It was one of those things where I'm like, I've never done this before. Like, am I pushing right? Like, are things happening down there? I have no idea. They're like, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. I'm like, okay, great. Um, And so then, you know, we're there. And then it's probably not even a couple pushes later. The doctor is like, okay, like, we're going to have to go a different route here because baby is having a little bit of D cells. Like he's really stressed from the contractions, from the labor that you've had. And I'm like, oh, so like, it was just one of those things where I'm like, 
man, like, okay, like I was so close to the birth that I wanted to have besides, you know, like the epidural, but again, it is what it is. The doctor suggests like, hey, we need to either go forceps to kind of help him get out of here because he's not able to kind of do it on the on on his own right now, or where we may have to go the route of a C-section. I was like, okay, like at this point again, it's one of those things where you're like, I want to do whatever I need to do and I want to keep me and my baby safe. And so they take us prepare or they prepare me, take me to the OR, take me and Will back there. Um, Will is in the room with me. And then we get to, um, we get into the OR and then, um, you know, I talked to the doctor. She talks to me about like forceps and trying those. And I'm talking about like, you know, how she thinks it might go or like, am I going to have a ton of tearing or like, Again, I've just heard horror stories on tearing, on C-sections, on everything. And so like, I was just in my head about like, you know, what's the best way to go about this? Um, And so I did decide to do forceps, but something I want to back up here for one second, because I forgot to mention that while I was in, um, once I got into the hospital, I got my epidural, you know, they were coming in to move me every 30 minutes to help him like move down further. So I would say probably about halfway through that night into the morning is when I woke up in one position and I was like, oh, like I'm getting a really bad cramp. And with an epidural, you can't really move your whole body around on your own. So I had to call the nurse in and say, hey, can you come move me? Like I'm getting a cramp. Like I'm just really uncomfortable in this position. So she came in, she moved me. And when they moved me, I started getting really uncomfortable. And I was like, I'm having what it feels like back labor again. And I was like telling them what was going on. They're like, oh, that's weird. So they like would reposition me again. And I'm like, it's not getting any better. Like I can still feel it, but I was only having it in the right side of my back. So I was like, something is not ha- like working here. It's like something is wrong. Um, so they called the, uh, the epidural people and anesthesia people in, and they, um, gave me like an extra dose of something. I'm not sure what it was, whatever it is that they give you for epidural. They gave me like an extra dose of it. They're like, that should kick in with like 10 to 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes go by. And I'm like, I tell the doctor and I tell the nurse, like, this isn't working. Like I'm the, like these, like I can feel everything worse now. Like it didn't help. It's only getting worse. And they're like, oh, that's so weird. And so like, they call the, the anesthesia guy back in, the epidural people back in. And he comes in, he takes a, he, you know, is like asking me questions. And then he rolls me over and takes a look at my epidural. And he's like, oh, that's so strange. Like this never happens, but your epidural came out. And I was like, oh, lovely. He's like, we're going to have to redo it and give you a second one. And I'm like, great. (laughs) So with all that being said, I got a second epidural throughout this process as well, Um, which again, if you know you've gotten an epidural, those aren't necessarily the most fun things to get. Um, But again, I was in so much pain. Any other pain that was less than the pain I was in didn't even really matter at this point. Um, So we go into, um, so back to, we go into the OR, talk to the doctor, say forceps or C-section. She's like, if we try the forceps and I don't feel like they're going to work, um, are you okay with doing a C-section? I'm like, you know, if we got to do whatever we got to do at this point, like it's fine, but I want to try the forceps for first. And so 
you know, I'm laying there in the OR. I feel no pain. Like my epidural was amazing because like all I could feel was the pressure of them doing things, putting the forceps in. Like I could feel my contractions. I can feel me like wanting to push, but I was in no pain. Um, so with all that being said, epidural worked great for me in that aspect because I have heard stories of where people have gotten epidurals and they didn't work that great. Um, so mine did work because I didn't have any pain through the whole process. Um, all I could feel was pressure and I could feel my contractions still. I could feel when I was like, you know, needing to push and things like that. So with that being said, you know, they put the forceps in with my next contraction, I'm pushing. And I think I would only push for like a couple pushes, maybe like four or five pushes, um, with a contraction. And then he was out. It might not even have been that many. It could have been like two or three pushes. Like, I don't even remember. I just know that it was really quick. It feel, felt really quick. Um, and so all I remember during that time is like me pushing and like everybody around me just being like, you can do it. You got it. And I remember my husband being there, like right next to my ear, like, come on, like you got this, like you're so close. And everybody around me is just like, you know, telling me like, I can do this. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And so um, he comes out, but again, we're in the OR. I can't see anything. I don't hear him cry once they got him out. Like I'm kind of just like in la la land up here. Like I just feel so mentally, like, I don't even know what's happening. Um, and I'm like cold, I'm shaking, like I'm nauseous. So like all these things, you know, come with that, that labor and like it, having contractions and pushing in that transition. So like all of that's normal, but you just feel so like, so weird. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but I was like, just like in la la land, but I don't hear anything like from him. Like I don't hear him cry. I just hear the doctors like the doctor that pulled him out kind of like in a panic voice say like the cord was wrapped around his neck. There's meconium, there's like infection, but they use like all of the doctor terms for all of that, which I kind of knew what it was, but didn't really know what was going on. Um, so they pull him out. They cut the cord like right away. Um, they take him away. And again, I can't see anything. I don't know what's going on. So like I'm asking that and Will kind of goes off like with Asher to the side, goes over to see him. And like I'm talking to my epidural anesthesia guy and I'm like, what's happening? Like, is he okay? And they're like, yeah, he's okay. And then I just remember I started bawling. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, that was probably one of the most emotional times of my whole birth <laughs> was, um, in my labor was like that moment of like, of like, what's going on? Is he okay? Like, I can't see anything. I don't hear him. Um, and you know, there's like a million people in the room as well. Like there's the NICU team in the room. There's all my, people, surgeons, all the people that are in my room, like in there for me, my anesthesia guy. And so again, I'm just laying there. I can't see anything. I don't know what's going on. Like I don't hear him. Um, and so I think eventually I hear like a little cry. Um, but again, I don't really like, I don't remember too much either because it just all happened so fast. But I do remember that one moment of like, 
the, that was like the scariest moment of my whole like birth and delivery is like hearing kind of the panic in the doctor's voice and how fast they were moving, how fast they cut the cord. Um, because I, I do like, I remember hearing that part and then just like not hearing him and asking the question of like, is he okay? Like what's going on? Um, and then I think, I think it was the anesthesia guy that said, yes, he he's okay. They're working on him. Um, and I was like, okay. And I just remember I looked at my husband <laughs> and I started crying. And so at that point, um, they are like, okay, we have to take, they were working on him doing whatever. And then they're like, we have to take him to the NICU. And I was like, okay. Um, and like, I couldn't see him. I didn't, didn't get to hold him. So that was also something that was like one of the hardest parts about the whole process. And if you are someone listening to this, you know, that that is like a very disheartening feeling, not getting to hold your baby, like when they are delivered. Okay. I knew I was going to cry telling this story, um, but I'm trying really hard not to. Um, so, you know, so they take him and, um, they asked my husband if he wants to go. I said, yes, like absolutely go with him. Like I'll be okay. And so I'm just laying there on the table (laughs) and the, I just remember, the one person that was there, like that I felt very comforted by was the guy that, that did my epidural. And that was with me the whole time. And he was like, you know, kind of up by my head. And so like, he was talking to me, he was asking me if I was okay. He was kind of telling me like what was going on, what was happening. Um, and so like, I was very, like, he was so nice and I was very comforted by him. And honestly, I've heard so many horror stories about like delivery, like labor and delivery stories in a hospital and just having to be like a really big advocate for yourself and like what you want and all the things. Um, But I didn't experience any sort of pushback on the things that I like wanted or needed for my birth or for my delivery. Like obviously things didn't go as planned, but everybody was so nice and everybody was so comforting at my hospital. And like the, the people that I dealt with specifically, like they were all amazing. And I can't remember like if there was even one person like, you know, cause you go through multiple different people and shift changes and nurses and things like that when you're in the hospital. But, um, I, luckily I had the same doctor throughout the whole time, throughout my whole, um, like labor and, and, and like delivering. And I really liked her, but everybody was so amazing. And I think too, like having my midwife there for um, about half of the time, uh, she ended up leaving on Saturday morning. Um, she ended up leaving, but she was there with me half the time. And so it was nice to have her just kind of be like an advocate of like how I wanted things and what my birth plan was and things like that. Um, but again, um, they took him to the NICU and my husband went with him. So at that point I did have a couple, um, tears. I had two tears, um, from the forceps from the delivery, but they were very minor, she said, and like already about three, four weeks post, like postpartum, I feel all the way recovered from those. So they weren't, uh, they weren't too terrible. Like they weren't super painful or anything like that. Um, and so I'm very thankful for that whole process. Um, 
And so my husband went to NICU, I got sewed up and, um, then you go over to back to your room for two hours for post-op care, um, or like the two hour recovery window. So like, I couldn't, I didn't see my husband. I didn't see my baby like for two hours. I was just in my room, um, by myself. And, uh, luckily my parents had been there in the waiting room though. So they were kind of just like, waiting until like they were waiting a while because I think that they got there you know when I like first got to the hospital and so they were there like the whole um half of the night into the day and so Asher was delivered at Saturday on Saturday um, morning at 11 45 a.m so that's how long my labor was um I don't even know if I calculated all the hours that I was in labor but it was a long time um, and so, you know, from Thursday night, calling my midwife to being six centimeters dilated to having a baby on Saturday, um, morning at 1145. So that's kind of how long my active labor and then plus the labor contractions I had before that, that got me to six centimeters. So several days, it feels like, um, it was a very long, long process, <laughs> but with that being said, you know, we were able to, um, I w- or I was able to have my parents come back after and it was just one of those things where like I saw my parents and like and and his mom was there as well so my parents and his mom came back into the room because it was just me so I had three people back there um at, so they came back there and I just started crying like as soon as I saw my parents because it's just one of those things where I just like felt comforted by comforted by them being there. And like, I didn't have anyone with me and like, I just didn't really know what was going on um, and all the things. So I know that it was like really hard for, for them to see that too, because like, again, my whole uh, idea of the home birth and things like that. And, you know, everything not going as planned, they were all super worried, <laughs> which again, throughout the whole process, it's hard to update your family and kind of like what's going on. And if, you know, and as things were like going the way that they were, we never really had an update. Things were just taking a long time. And so, you know, Will was with me the whole time. And then like, I was laboring. So like, I didn't even have my phone or look at my phone for like two days. Um, and so Will was the one updating my family and my parents and things like that. But um, to kind of re like to kind of wrap up this episode, uh, because again, I don't want to make it too lengthy and it definitely could be super long. <laughs> um, but you know, my parents came back, they saw me after that two hour, um, period, I was moved to like postpartum recovery. And then I was able to be wheelchaired to see Asher in the NICU. And again, that was another really hard, <laughs> hard thing to see was, you know, him being in like a little, uh, you know, one of those little NICU boxes and then him having a CPAP on him and like an IV in his arm and just like all the things. And, you know, as much as I wanted everything to be like natural and I wanted to hold my baby and I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to have that like bonding moment, like right after delivery, like it just, it just all did not go that way, which was very hard at the, at the time. It's still hard, like to think about now, but you know, we're all good. We're healthy. We're home. Like he's doing great. I'm great. Like everything's fine. Right. And so 
I can only be thankful for that and, you know, how everything did go. And um, like I always say, everything hard that you go through makes you a stronger person. So I am definitely stronger from this whole process um, and becoming a mother because it's definitely one of the hardest things that I've ever gone through. Um, And I learned a lot (laughs) and I am much stronger for it. So with that being said, um, you know, he had a CPAP, he had all the things. So like when he was born, um, the biggest concern and like why he went to the NICU was for one, he was alive, but he wasn't breathe. Like he wasn't able to take his first, first breath because he had so much, um, in his like mouth and nose that he couldn't breathe. So they had to suction that out, which I think is like when I was able to hear like a little cry in the NICU, but he still wasn't doing good. Um, at that point. And so that's why they took him to the NICU. They ran like tests, all the things he was just poor guy was, you know, not having a a good time. Like he had a, just as hard of time as I did, um, with, you know, my labor and all of that. So he was really struggling. Um, and so, you know, when he was born, he had low blood sugar. He had a hard time regulating his temperature. He had low platelets. He was also on the smaller side as well. So we never really got a clear answer on to like why he was like on the smaller side. Because when I went to all of my appointments, like I, my belly was measuring right on track, like everything was measuring fine. So he ended up being five pounds, 14 hour, ounces. And when I heard that, when they said that, I was like in shock because I was so like, I was like, oh, he's going to be for sure like a seven pound baby. And so it was just crazy that he was so small. Um, and also too, during my delivery, remember how I said I had meconium present at my last check at home. So there was a lot of meconium. There was an infection in my placenta at this point because of probably how long my water had broke beforehand. Um, And then also too, he had the cord wrapped around his neck three times. And so that was also something that they like had thought about of like why things and like contractions and progression weren't going as well because he just was not able to really like like get out like he was just restricted because of the cord um being around his neck so um you know with all of that being said he went to the NICU he had some issues you know with the things that I mentioned blood sugar regulating all the things like um me breastfeeding and not being able to like my milk hadn't come in yet which again like after you deliver a baby, holding your baby skin to skin, being with them consistently right after you deliver is like super helpful for your breast milk coming in. And so I wasn't able to do that. So I struggled, you know, the first couple of days with like, you know, being able to breastfeed. And and again, he had all these things on him, so he wasn't able to breastfeed either. Um, and he had to get a, um, he basically was on like sugar water. So he wasn't eating anything, but he was on sugar water to help him regulate his blood sugar. Eventually he was able to come off of the sugar water and we were able to put in a feeding tube. Um, and I was able to, uh, like we were able to try at breastfeeding and, and try to establish that I was like pumping every three hours to try to establish that as well. Um, and then with, um, 
with all that, he was in the NICU for a week. So, um, you know, again, we got into the hospital on Saturday morning at like 1am, 2am, and we weren't so I was discharged on Monday um, from like my room, but Asher was not discharged until, until Thursday evening. So as much as it, as it sucked being in the NICU for a week or close to a week, um, I'm very thankful that we weren't in there any longer and that he did so well to be able to leave. We were able to establish breastfeeding while we were in the hospital. So with that being said, you know, it all felt okay at that point when we were able to go home and things, you know, he started to recover. It's like every day he was getting stronger. He was getting better. So it was just, it was always good news every day when we were in there, which made us feel much better every day um, that we were in there as well. But it was a very hard time sleeping in the NICU, um, you know, making sure we were there for like every feeding, making sure, you know, we were doing skin to skin and just doing all the things that we could to get him out of there <laughs> um, because we, we all wanted to just go home as a family. So to wrap that up, that is how my birth story went. There's so much more I could say afterwards and through the NICU and all the things, but specifically for my birth, birth story, that's how um, it all went just a little bit more in depth and how everything kind of panned out, didn't go as planned. But again, that doesn't even matter now. We're all healthy. We're safe. We're home. And that's what matters the most. So um, let me know if you guys have any questions about my birth story. Always feel free to reach out to me on social media um, or, or you can leave like a review, any questions here as well. Um, you know, tag me if you listen to this episode, if you want, and, um, you know, our handles or my handle, a podcast handle will be down in the comments, but, um, again, thank you for listening. I hope that this was any sort of helpful enlightenment. I know that it's just my story. Again, everybody's stories are so different. Um, but thank you for listening. And I can't wait to jump back into our weekly podcast here moving forward. Hope you all have a great day and I will talk to you on the next episode.